This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, December 8th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, public health urges booster as Omicron looms, Ivelis Quartet looks to increase diversity in classical music, Telluride Skate Park remodel moving along, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, a fire in the Hotel Telluride on Monday forced guests to briefly evacuate and move to different hotels. According to Telluride Fire Protection District Chief John Bennett, they received a report of the fire around 7.45 p.m. on Monday night. He says the fire was caused by lint in a commercial dryer. No one was injured in the fire, and Bennett says given the circumstances, the response went according to plan. While the Omicron variant of COVID has yet to be detected in San Miguel County, public health is preparing and urging everyone to get their booster shot. The three questions at hand that the um, that we're really concerned about is transmissibility, vaccine evasion, and then severity. That's Grace Franklin, director of public health for San Miguel County. Transmissibility asks if one person gets sick, can the virus spread to more people? Right now, it, there's pretty clear data showing that the Omicron is more transmissible than existing COVID-19 um, variants. Next questions. Do current vaccines work against the variant? And how severe is disease if someone gets sick? Franklin says those questions are harder to answer. It's likely that um, it will be able to transmit more to uh, people that are fully vaccinated, which is why uh, boosters are so important. And then so, and as well for people who've been infected with previous variants, um, the likelihood of being um, reinfected with this strain um, seems higher, but there's still a lot of data to um, know. For severity. There's some anecdotal pieces saying that this seems to have milder outcomes um, than previous variants, including the Delta, but um, it's really hard to tell at this point since hospitalizations tend to be delayed. We've only been aware of this for a few weeks um, and the population size is still small to be able to um, make a really strong statement there. As always, Franklin says the keys for limiting spread of the virus are wearing masks, getting boosters, potting up and following the five commitments. It's preparation. As Dr. Jeffrey Coker, a member of the Public Health Advisory Group, says Omicron is on its way to San Miguel. It is absolutely certain that Omicron is going to spread all over. It's going to take over very rapidly. Um, And that means that we're going to have more vaccine breakthrough cases in people who've received two doses of vaccine. That's for sure. You can go to the bank with that. And once again, hospital capacity remains strained, an additional concern as the ski resort opens. Our capacity is extremely poor. And now because there's so many people getting transferred further and further, transportation is also getting strained. And so, I mean, for those, aside from COVID, when we think about traumas and things in the ski area opening, um, for folks to really be a little bit more cautious than normal, maybe because a broken leg could wind up, um, could wind you up in New Mexico or Texas to get care um, because there isn't anything available in the state. So it's continued to be a really um, horrible mess on that capacity side. Public Health will hold a vaccine clinic for 5 to 11-year-olds and a Moderna vaccine clinic in Norwood at the Lone Cone Library on Thursday, December 9th. 
In Telluride, there will be a Moderna and Pfizer vaccine clinic on Friday, December 17th. Registration is available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov slash coronavirus. It's not that the Avelis Quartet doesn't like to play the quintessential classic pieces. We love performing Beethoven, Brahms, and um, Mozart, Haydn. All of those composers are incredibly important to the genre. And we program them and people that come to our concerts love them. That's Amé McNulty, violist in the Avelis Quartet. But the pieces that our audience members do come away talking about and have had a, you know, a, an incredible uh, experience from are the pieces by George Walker, Daniel Bernard Remain, Jesse Montgomery, um, Carlos Simon. These pieces are haven't been performed that often, and... They are incredible composers. The Avelis Quartet met in Detroit. It's now based in Boulder. Comprised of Ruben Cabede and Tiani Butts on violin, McNulty on the viola, and cellist Pedro Sanchez. Each musician in the quartet are members of the Black or Latinx communities. Its goal is to diversify classical music, highlighting and celebrating composers of color. Classical music is so often regarded as elitist, and it's really true. And one of the most important parts of our mission is to try and create accessible environments. So we truly love going out into the community, engaging and uh, performing immersive concerts for audience members that otherwise wouldn't be able to um, financially or otherwise go to a concert hall and come see us. So we try to bring the music to them. The Avelis Quartet will be performing in Telluride this weekend. By incorporating music by composers that have historically not had the visibility that they deserve, what's important is that the level still remains the same. I think what pushes us and strives us to be good is, or at least our best, is that if we're not, this music doesn't get the, the light it deserves. McNulty notes, just like learning an instrument, making classical music more diverse is about repetition. It's not simply good enough to just program a, a Black composer on your program and, and say, okay, we did it. It's the repeat performances. It's the way that we perform Beethoven Opus 59 number 2 nor, more than a couple times per season. Um, that's the kind of visibility we're talking about for these composers. That's the drive. (laughs) Because, Tiani Butts adds, giving composers the light they deserve means they and others will create more music. We need them. We can't can't play music that hasn't been written. Uh, So it's it's really important for us to find those composers uh, that are up and coming and even like just really, really making it happen in the scenes now. The Avelis Quartet will perform at the Palm Theater on Saturday, December 11th at 6 p.m. Tickets are available at telluridepalm.com. Skiing and snowboarding might be on the brain for the time being, but local skaters will have a lot to look forward to next year with a newly renovated Town Park skate park. The project has been in the works for a while. It was developed during an inclusive and collaborative public process during the spring, and the final plan was approved by the Parks and Rec Commission in the summer. That's Telluride Parks and Recreation Director Stephanie Jacquet. And the new facility will be the existing concrete bowls under the cover, and then the area 
outside of that space will be all concrete and approximately 10,000 square feet to include the current skate park footprint and the bike park footprint to the west. The remodel comes as town also prepares to get rid of the other local youth link skate park near the Voodoo Lounge Art Studios. That area will be rebuilt for affordable housing and commercial space. But Jakay says the new town park skate area will incorporate features from the Voodoo Park. It'll make the town park skate park overall uh, more user-friendly, well-rounded, and approachable for all skill levels. So it's incorporating that type of skateboarding, which is more street style, into uh, town park, which is more bowl bowl type skating. So it's going to just incorporate it all into one better facility. The remodel will cost about $750,000 with construction in two parts. So far, Jacquet says it's gone well. So we did phase one of the project in the fall, and that was demolition of portions of the existing town park facility, and then a lot of site prep and drainage work for the future. We're currently um, taking a break for the winter, and then we'll resume again in the spring. Um, And then in the spring, it'll start with uh, finishing up construction, and we're targeted to be done in early June. And the new skate park isn't the only change to Town Park on the horizon. Last year, the town approved a new Town Park's master plan update, and as a result, there are several projects in the pipeline. We are... Currently working on a new campground, restroom, shower, and dumpster enclosure project. Uh, We also are slated to build a new warming hut next fall, and that would include a youth space in it. And then some minor improvements along the River Park corridors. The Town Park Skate Park is currently closed for construction. According to Telluride Program Director Lance McDonald, the Youth Link Skate Park at the Voodoo site will stay open until late May or early June, when demolition for the new affordable housing project is slated to start. The Telluride Ski Resort is aiming to have Telluride Trail open by Christmas. But Jeff Proto, former VP of Mountain Operations and head of capital projects for the resort, adds it isn't a for sure thing. We can't guarantee anything, oh, guys. You know, the weather's a big factor here. I'm not going to say that. Well, weather depending. Um, but yeah, that's always a strong effort for us because it, it just helps the flow so much. Yeah, I, Otherwise, I, we end up with backup on the gondola. Right. Okay. So okay. I, I would assume that there's going to be that same, you know, there's going to be that same effort to, to get Tyrek Trail before Christmas. Proto was part of a Telski community presentation on Tuesday, giving updates on capital projects for the resort. He notes what is a guarantee is the replacement of Chair 9 next summer. They've already put in an order. I mean, lift 9 is going away. It will go away this coming summer. Someone else is going to take this lift and put it to good use, and, and, and we're going to go ahead and upgrade to a, a detachable quad. He says the current lift struggles with capacity for that piece of the mountain. The, the, a new lift here will just change everything. It's going to change the access. I think people look at it, well, you know, if you had 1,000 people per hour, now you're going up to 1,800. That's an 80% increase in um, uphill capacity. It's not that we're going to have an 80% increase in traffic going out, that we're just going to be able to handle the, the busy times better and, and spread people out. We have plenty of train in the lift nine area. We will continue to add lighting to that area, and it'll be just fine with a new detachable quad there. When it comes to other capital projects, Proto says a housing development in Ilium is coming along. In total, the project will build 31 units. For the first phase, there's nine homes. Um, These homes are are currently in the works, and uh, we plan to 
had the, these uh, units in, in production in March, and, and they'll come together with foundations and utilities, et cetera, and we plan to have them set sometime in June, July. So those will be available um, early summer. Proto hopes to have phase two, seven more single-family units, six duplexes, and a triplex completed by the end of the construction season in the fall. For many people in the Telluride area, this week's weather forecast is a beautiful thing. With multiple days of snow and consistent below-freezing temps, what's not to like for the skiers and snowboarders? But while it can be sweet, snow can also be dangerous, and it's important to have the tips, tricks, and knowledge to stay as safe as possible in and around our mountains. This week, the Wilkinson Public Library will host its first backcountry chat of the season. Bex Hodgetts and Jerry Mianko from the Colorado Avalanche Information Center and John Tuckman from the Telluride Ski Patrol will talk local and regional snowpack and early winter safety. Whether you're a new or long-time resort or backcountry skier, hiker, ice climber, cross-country skier, or none of the above, the library says the Backcountry Chat Series will have good information for you to make the most of your time soaking in the snow. The Backcountry Chat will take place Thursday, December 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the library. It's finally starting to feel like winter in the Box Canyon, but music fans are already turning their sights towards summer. Tickets for the 2022 Telluride Bluegrass Festival go on sale this week. The festival recently announced comedy rock duo Tenacious D will open the festival with a show on Thursday. Bluegrass plans to announce further lineup later this month. The Telluride Bluegrass Festival will take place Solstice Weekend 2022, June 16th to 19th. Tickets for the festival will go on sale Thursday, December 9th at 10 a.m. For a lot of people in and around Telluride, one of the top issues on their minds is housing. And it's not just an issue for San Miguel County. KOTO has partnered with multiple stations in the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition to report a series of stories looking at economic mobility through housing to understand how the challenge and possible solutions are playing out across the region. Today, we're driving south down Highway 145. As the cost of living skyrockets, it's becoming increasingly difficult to keep a hold on stable housing. So how does the only shelter in Montezuma County for people experiencing homelessness fit into the complicated housing crisis? KSJD's Sophia Stewart-Rossi reports. It's a fall chilly Friday night in Cortez, Colorado, and the bridge shelter has just opened up at 6 in the evening. The bridge shelter is the only facility within 40 miles that offers sheltering for people experiencing homelessness. And they're a, quote, seasonal shelter, which means they're only open during mid-October till the end of April. The facility can hold up to 41 individuals during the night. Benjamin Harris is the executive director of the bridge. It was started many years ago by a brave group of volunteers who were tired of seeing people freeze to death in the wintertime in the park. And they started in the jail. After moving through various locations, the bridge has called a 2019 built facility home. As people are checking in for the night, you can see their relief that they'll have a warm bed to sleep on tonight and a homemade meal for dinner and breakfast when they wake up. Well, people have to survive. That's what we're here for. But there are limitations to what the bridge shelter can do to help people survive in a crisis. 
According to Harris, low funding causes the shelter to have very limited open hours. For instance, after checking in for the night, people have to check out by 8 the following morning. And the bridge shelter cannot bring in families into their facility because they accept sexual assault offenders, leaving some families stranded in their cars, on the streets, or in encampments. Justin Norton moved to Cortez six years ago with his wife and kids. They rented a home in a duplex, and Norton says they always paid their rent, even if it sometimes was a bit late. And then one day, Norton says, the landlord just didn't want to work with his family anymore and evicted them. And I just went into this deepest, darkest pit of despair. Norton's family was living out of their car or hotels, and Norton says social services were threatening to take his kids away from him because they didn't have stable housing. In fact, Norton's family was split apart as the threats became reality and his kids were removed by authorities. And it shattered him and his wife where all hope was lost. Kelly Willis, the executive director of the Pinion Project here in Montezuma County, says these family situations have been increasing over the last couple of years. Pinion has done emergency assistance for many years, but the last two or three years I, I have been like over my head in housing issues. The Pinion Project is a nonprofit organization that provides services to thousands of families and children in southwest Colorado. And in the past, they could provide affordable housing to families experiencing homelessness. But now there just aren't enough houses that are available to be rented in the first place, affordable or not. We literally have no options for families right now. Um, and it's really hard to tell them that. Mm -hmm. And for individuals throughout our community, and you can see the signs of homelessness that we didn't have previously. Willis says the Bridge Shelter is helping folks that are in crisis and need a place to land for a night out of the cold weather. But really helping individuals and families experiencing homelessness due to the housing crisis has to include effective and supportive services like case management. Services Norton and his wife needed in order to help them get out of homelessness and get their kids back. It's so big that it, yeah, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you ain't getting out of it unless somebody's there willing to help you. As the number of people experiencing homelessness is increasing due to the housing crisis, the Bridge Shelter will continue to provide warm beds, food, and showers for people who are in crisis during their very limited open hours. And with more funding to the shelter, more can be done, like being open all year round. Benjamin Harris, the executive director of the Bridge Shelter, says, There's a lot of hurt going on out there. And having compassion and respect for people experiencing homelessness is a step forward in the complicated and long-awaited solution to the housing crisis here in Montezuma County. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio in Cortez, Colorado, I'm Sophia Stewart-Rossi. A task force at the state capitol has approved a plan to spend $400 million of coronavirus relief money on affordable housing projects. KOTO Scott Franz has more. The group wants to use $150 million to help cities advance bigger housing projects. Rick Garcia would oversee the program as head of the Department of Local Affairs. He says the grants would help places like Steamboat Springs, which faces expensive challenges to build units on ranch land outside the city limits. There are no public utility access 
points to that property at all. This kind of grant program could be a, an enormous contribution to allowing at least some phasing to start. Another $150 million is expected to go to a revolving loan fund that developers could use to advance other projects. There's also $40 million to support modular housing. Lawmakers will consider giving final approval next month. I'm Scott Franz. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight with a low around 25 degrees. Thursday, there is a 100% chance of snow showers with a high near freezing and a low around 15. Winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour. 4 to 8 inches of snow accumulation is possible. Friday should be partly sunny with a chance of snow showers and a high near 15 degrees. Friday night calls for mostly clear skies with a low around zero. This has been the news for Wednesday, December 8th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hey everybody, this is Jessica Galvo with Telluride AIDS Benefit. I'm inviting you to a dance party. That's right, Noel Night, Wednesday, December 8th from 7 to 11 at the Sheridan Show Bar. Come join Telluride AIDS Benefit Board of Directors, our new Artistic Director, Molly Wigwire-Sante, and the rest of the TAB models and staff, and feel the love. Come and have a drink and have a dance with us. We are unveiling our brand new giving campaign for Telluride AIDS Benefit. In addition to, you will be able to pick out your seats for the 2022 Telluride AIDS Benefit Gala Fashion Show. You can only do that in person with me. It's an exclusive offer only on Noel Night. So come find me at the Sheridan Show Bar Wednesday, December 8th, Noel Night from 7 to 11 p.m. Tickets are $10 at the door or if you'd like to give to our brand new giving campaign for Telluride AIDS Benefit, you will get a free tote bag and free entry. I hope to see you there. I hope everyone's doing well and I can't wait to celebrate with you all. Please remember to bring a copy of your Vax card. We will also have a Vax testing at the door or bring a copy of a negative test within the last 48 hours. Thank you so much. See you soon. Ouch. Hey, are you okay? Yeah, I just slipped and fell. Oh no. Do you want to go to the med center? No, I can't. I don't have health insurance. You should really enroll in health insurance and time is of the essence. Open enrollment ends soon. What do you mean it ends soon? To get coverage for 2022, you need to be insured by December 15th, so you have to act fast. Wow, that is fast. Okay, adding it to my calendar now. You said December 25th, right? <laughs> no, December 15th, or you won't have health insurance by January 1st. Actually, Tri-County Health Network is having an enrollment fair on December 13th. What's an enrollment fair? It's an opportunity to meet with a specialist to find the right insurance plan for you. The next one is on Zoom on December 13th from 12 to 7 p.m., and they can walk you through the whole process. Just go to tchnetwork.org to get the link or email enrollment at tchnetwork.org. Awesome. I'll be there. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You're also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.